Welcome to It's Not About the Money, a podcast in search of grounded fundraising. I'm Heather, and together with my co-host, Andy, we look beyond the quick tips and formulas. Join us as we explore the nuance and complexity of ministry fundraising. If you want to thrive in partner development, not just survive it, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the podcast. This is It's Not About the Money. And after every episode, we want to take a moment just to recap, to reflect on some of the things that are important to us or that stood out to us from the previous episode. That's right, Andy. And today we have asked our special guest, Carissa, to join us in discussing Josh Lindstrom's episode. Carissa will only be going by her first name today, given that she has in the past and continues to be involved in sensitive work. We're curious to to hear your story, Carissa, mm-hmm. uh, to hear what brought you to this kind of point in your life within um, two minutes or less. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> okay, perfect. And just because you've raised support, mm-hmm. you've had your own journey. I would venture to say that your fundraising experience is different from a lot of people's. So why don't we start with that? My fundraising journey was more unique than probably most. And thankfully, Heather walked that journey with me. I actually am a second career overseas worker. So I had a whole separate career prior to moving to Asia. Hmm. Um, I worked for 19 years in a job that I actually loved. I had bought a house in my 20s. I had a car that was paid off. I had deep, deep roots in my church Mm. and in my community. Mm. Uh, There was no reason for me to even consider something different. Sounds ideal. It was it was quite ideal. Mm. Um, I was I was happy. I was content um, until all of a sudden I wasn't. You know, I I look back on that and it was it was God starting to move in my heart. And I ignored that for probably the better part of three years where I just was like, nope, nope, I'm fine. I, I'm making good money. I'm mm. living the life. I, I'm well on my way to paying off my house early. I mean, all the things that, that mm. our society tells you are, are good and right. And like I said, for about three years, I kind of just shoved what I knew the Holy Spirit was saying under the rug. And I still remember the meeting that I was in where all of a sudden I just, I started shaking and I thought, I'm super uncomfortable. I don't want to do this anymore. And that was kind of the beginning. I walked out of that meeting and I- A meeting at work? A meeting at work um, to talk about strategic planning for the future. And I was very unwilling to think about the future in that role. And anyway, so through a, a series of people and events, I began- praying about what it would look like to say goodbye to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, chips all in, go big and not go home. <laughs> <laughs> and I had been working with the same group of people for 19 years, and they yeah. were not allowed to you know, do anything beyond a thank you. So when it was time to raise support, this was finally their way of paying me back, I guess, to say thank you for helping in the role that I had. And so I never really had to fight for money at all. So you have been working with a group of people that you had been serving uh-huh. for a different groups of people for 19 years, and they could never really thank you financially. Exactly. And so when you finally decided to go, this was their chance to this say, was their chance. we appreciate you. And and I hate to say it flippantly because it's all the Lord. People were throwing money at me and Heather was, <laughs> was on that journey with me. So for me, it was never about the money. It was always about obedience and faithfulness. And because I lived in the disobedience and unfaithfulness for a couple of years, when I finally said yes, it was a big old yes. Mm. And and the Lord just 
swung the doors wide yeah. open. So that's not a formula for you listeners out there. <laughs> don't live in disobedience for two years hoping it's going to take care of all your fundraising. Please don't. <laughs> journey. Yeah. And, and of course, we suffice it to say, Carice's case is an outlier. For sure. But it just, it shows us that, man, the Lord can do it in any way that he chooses. Yeah. And so my initial plan was to only um, commit to two years. And so I raised the funds very quickly for two years. And I remember I was sitting in a car wash um, talking to Heather on the phone. Mm -hmm. And when she told me that I had hit my my mark, my goal, and I said, what do I do now? And I still remember sitting in that car wash <laughs> and Heather saying, you never stop casting vision. Mm. And when the Lord made it very clear that I was to stay more than the two years I committed for, all of a sudden I needed to reach out back out to people and recast or rather continue that vision that she had told me to continue to cast. And again, people funded me for that third year willingly because I had I had stayed faithful. I had stayed in communication. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big deal. Critical. Um, yeah. It's critical that you stay in communication with your partners, not just in the summers, but, you know, on a regular basis. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Carissa. It's good to hear a bit of your story, and I'm confident that we'll have other opportunities to share more of that with our listeners. But for now, let's jump over and talk about what Josh had to say. Andy, what seemed meaningful to you? What stood out? I think the most striking thing to me was the idea, this this picture of Luke sitting down to write Luke Acts because it seemed good to him. I think, man, that's just, and we have these awesome narratives of the story of Jesus and the story of the early church because it seemed good to him. That was powerful. He wasn't looking for uh, some mystical experience. It just seemed like the right choice at the right time. Yeah, like nobody called him into writing that. You know, right. he wasn't given a specific command to write it. It was an opportunity, and he decided to do it. Mm. Yeah, I, I found that really impactful as well. Yeah, and just the idea that the examples of the burning bush and the road to Damascus and all these other really powerful calls—that's not normative. That's not normal, mm. right? That's mm -hmm. kind of the outlier. That's the exception. I think a lot more common maybe is just like the Luke or the Ruth who kind of just acts out of obedience. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really cool to think about how that faithfulness has such long-term effects. I mean, think of mm. all the impact that Luke's gospel and acts have had throughout the world. And just think that, you know, when we step into something, when we when we take an opportunity, when we say yes— we just have no idea how far-reaching the implications could be. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that Josh said was, you know, what are your abilities? What's your availability? And I look back on my own story and I thought, I was available. I had the ability to do it. Mm. Why not? Mm -hmm. And, you know, how many other Bible characters, you know, can we look at that were just ordinary going about their lives in obedience and God called them to something incredible? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful thing to remember, especially when the things get tough, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Just remembering yeah. how, you know, it's the long game. It's the long term that that really might be producing the dividends. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment where I think I had a little bit of clarity or a little bit of understanding when he was talking about God's will for our lives often seems so narrow, mm -hmm. like we're uh, a piece on a game board and we're moving from dot to dot, from jump to jump, like it's Candyland or something like that. 
it feels like that. And I was wondering, why does it feel like that? Hmm. Is there something that in our, in our kind of cultural heritage or our biblical upbringing that makes us think that? Um, and my mind went to that, the idea that for eternal life, the path is narrow. Hmm. And so are we confusing our eternal path with a much wider calling path of calling? And do we have the idea that uh, there is this kind of Google maps, turn left, turn right, mm. stop um, sense to how God calls us? Yeah. Mm. Or maybe even an over realized or oversimplified view of what it means that God has purpose for your life. Hmm. Right, making making that too narrow. Just you know, taking mm. this beautiful truth of His sovereignty and His purposefulness, and His working in all things, but then wielding that in a way that makes it almost like, "Hey, step out of line, and you've missed it." Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Yeah. We're we're gonna mess it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else stood out to you, Carissa? Yeah, I actually pulled out some notes from a conference that I went to that Josh spoke at back in 2018. Cool. Yeah, and um, hmm. I I kept journals and journals and journals of my time. And, and one of the quotes I came across um, was something in um, – Josh was actually preaching from the Book of Acts at that conference. Very cool. Which I just think is neat how it's kind of all coming full circle. Hmm. And, and what I wrote in my journal that night, this was um, January of 2018 – I said, what God has called me to is to be faithful and obedient, and it has nothing to do with living overseas. Hmm. And I just kind of keep going back to that, um, you know, now that I'm stateside or, you know, for whatever's next for me, that my job in the day in and day out is to be faithful and obedient. Hmm. Hmm. Wherever that is. Wherever that is, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of along with those words, faithfulness, obedience, Something that stood out to me was just when he talked about and kind of juxtaposed Samson and Jeremiah and how, you know, kind of according to what you can see, Samson had maybe influence or the numbers, things like that. And Jeremiah was right on, but really didn't have Mm. uh, the validation from those around him. And, And it just really helped me to think about how much character matters, Mm. you know, in the faithfulness and the obedience. It just really matters in stepping into our calling that we are that we are stepping into that with character. Yeah, without a sense of entitlement. Like Jeremiah could have felt he was very entitled, like I'm doing all these things, but yet what's happening, Lord? Yeah, I was just really struck in those two examples he gave that character is so important. The way that that you carry yourself, the way that you persevere when you're doing what you're asked to do, but it's not working out the way that you hoped. Entrusting that to the Lord. I, I think we need to start to wrestle with the idea, like, what are we so afraid of? Mm. Are Tell we, me more. Are we worried that God's going to call us into something that we don't love or that we hate even? And I like that Josh touched on that. Mm-hmm. He said, we forget that God stacked the deck mm-hmm. when he made us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things that Josh talked about uh, related to some of the things that um, Woodman does is the importance of relational connection. Mm. And and as I think about my own story, without those relationships and the longevity of those relationships, I couldn't have done what I did. And so I think it's important, you know, to be doing kingdom work um, in the little things so that when God calls you to the big things, you're prepared and you've got the network that you need. Yeah. You know, Carissa, I have a question for you. I'm curious, given that you were in such an established job, when it came time for you to communicate this new call, 
How do you feel that went? Did you feel like you had to prove to people why you were Mm. quitting your job? Or Mm. did you feel free to just share, hey, this is what I think is obedience? Like, how did did you have to— To justify it somehow. Yeah. 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 I I honestly, I prayed for— Oh, a long time Mm. (laughs) Um, about that very thing. And I remember running into one of the vice presidents on the sidewalk, someone that I had had a relationship with for over 20 years. Mm. And I remember telling her on the sidewalk and she said, of course you would. This makes sense. Mm. (laughs) And she said, go run. Mm. Just and and she was someone that I worked very closely with, and my departure impacted her heavily. Mm. And I just remember the the freedom that I felt when she said, "Of course, this makes sense." Mm. And that's a good that's feeling a when you have yeah. an affirmation from somebody that um, you know served as a mentor, as a role model, someone who had guided me through some really hard things. She was actually the one that hired me for the job, mm. and so it doesn't seem like it was like that way for everybody, though. Right. There are some people in your life yeah. that a few people put up some pushed back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. you know, by and large, again, because I was working in a faith based environment, that you know, this was part of the vernacular. You know, I didn't have to explain it. What I was what I was going to be doing overseas was known on the campus that I was serving, mm-hmm. and they and there familiar. had been yeah, there was yeah. a familiarity. Yeah. So so even when I started talking about it, you know, some of the people came alongside me and said, "Oh, this person is doing that too, right?" And so I had a little bit of relational capital related mm-hmm. to that, which helped. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. So. Uh, fun fact for our listeners, I actually had opportunity to walk with Carissa during the season that she was uh, mobilizing to go overseas. Um, it was a really, really fun season. <laughs> um, I got to watch the Lord do some really incredible things. But I just want to speak to the fact that I believe that for Carissa, the Lord's way of working it out for her was a lot of her coming up to something and it actually being a really big step for her to take, but then him responding with just overwhelming affirmation. Yeah, Her calling was very much affirmed by the funding coming in quickly by a lot, a lot of support. And I'm aware that that is not the journey everybody has. And, you know, her situation is unique and I believe God appointed for her. And I just want to affirm that for those that might be listening that have not come up on the funding coming in quickly or have not had people that were affirming and ready to embrace this call, I encourage you to believe that the Lord has purposes in that mm-hmm. and that they're good. Mm-hmm. And that's and probably most of you. It is probably most of yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that point that Josh made, like as Paul was uh, on his way to the Macedonians before the spirit interrupted him, uh, Josh pointed out, like he went about 400 miles <laughs> walking on foot in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so sometimes it can feel like that. You're, you're just kind of wandering and stumbling forward and like, what's next, Lord? And then we arrive and he shows us. Yeah. And I mean, that's 400 miles walking. Yeah. 400 <laughs> miles. Yeah. Pull out Google Maps and walking. see where you can get in 400 miles from so, where you are. Yeah. It, it's not like, you know, a day and a half detour. <clears throat> I mean, that right. would be weeks, yeah, maybe even months. I yeah. don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so the point is, there is disruption in this process. Yeah. But can we hold the tension that maybe even the disruption is intended for our good? Right. And this idea, I love the idea where we th- we think, well, Lord, if if you're calling me to this, I should love it, and it should be like 
I'm happy all the time. And Mm. he talked about that too. Mm -hmm. And I will say, once I got to the field, there were some really hard days. Mm. Mm. And there were days when I wanted to pack my bags and Mm. go back to the comfortable familiar. And, And I knew that wasn't possible. The Lord and I had some really good talks. And I think that, you know, out of those really hard days, my relationship with him grew Mm -hmm. in ways that it would have never done had I stayed in the comfortable. Absolutely. And Josh just had the ultimate mic drop. He just said, you know, Jesus didn't love the cross. Mm. Yeah. There's a chance that your obedience could be excruciatingly difficult. And then he brought up Moses as well. Like things literally became more challenging for the Israelites when, when Moses said yes. And even think about Elijah. We talk about Elijah visiting the widow and the widow providing. Later in the chapter, the widow's son dies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Elijah's like, what is going on? This woman is preparing uh, food for me, taking care of me. You're acting miraculously to do this, but yet her son dies. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, it, you know, everything turns out okay. It's not mm-hmm. goes back to life as we know, but doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. All right. Well, in the interest of brevity, because we do want to keep these recaps short and sweet, why is this discussion important? Why talk about calling? I think the way Josh put it, of calling is a beautiful mix of what God wants to accomplish in the world and the giftings that he's given us. And it goes to the fact that we're all called to be faithful and obedient in our daily lives, whether we're living overseas or doing grand things. Or for me, I do a lot of weedy paperwork right now. <laughs> but who I'm serving and and the way that I'm advancing the kingdom through that is worth it. Yeah. Mm. I think we just need to take a moment to, again, to demystify the thinking around calling. I think too often we actually, as Josh said, use the word calling as an excuse to get out of obeying. Mm -hmm. I don't feel called to this. We have this kind of ethereal sense that I should have these tingly emotions if God's calling me to do something. And a lot of times that's not it. A lot of times maybe you just have to kick the door down, even if it doesn't fly open in front of you, um, like it did for you, Carissa. That was Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we have to actually take some action. I think even though, you know, my my calling was was – once I said, yes, God swung the doors right open, there were so many years of me putting up walls mm. and ignoring the call mm-hmm. because it was scary and big and it was too much. And so I think, you know, when Josh talked about using calling as an excuse, I can very much identify with that. Yeah. You know, like I said, once I once I said, yes, the Lord just blew doors wide open. Yeah. Um, but there were a lot of years where I knew the Lord was was speaking to me and I just chose to ignore it. And it's harder sometimes to take a step if you're doing something that you feel is good yeah. and progressing the kingdom. Uh, I, I find myself justifying a lot a lot of times thinking to myself, well, I'm already doing something good. I'm already serving the Lord. It just doesn't look like that. Um, so for me, yeah, similar thing. It took a big shift in order to root me out of my my rut and get me to take a step. So I think just to our listeners, let's let's encourage you, admonish you. If you feel like the Lord is doing something in you, uh, just to take a step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. And if you currently find yourself in a season where you have stepped into calling, but you're wrestling with the tensions of feeling like you need to communicate that in a way that 
produces validation or Mm. if you're questioning that because things aren't going the way you had hoped, we just encourage you to kind of go back to the reality that calling is a stewardship of the opportunity and the gifts that God has given you. You don't need to prove anything to anybody. Mm. You know, keep yourself centered on Him and believing that He has purpose in that call. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. All right. Well, thank you both for this conversation. I hope it is fruitful for our listeners. We will be back next time talking with Michael Card, continuing our Mm, conversation on calling, but from a bit of a different angle. So we look forward to getting that episode to you soon and hope you have a great day. It's Not About the Money is presented by Provisio Fundraising Solutions. Provisio equips support-based workers with flexible training, practical resources, and one-on-one coaching. Find out more at provisiofundraising.com.